At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome, everybody, to the Finding Hermes podcast. I hope you're ready to go with the God of the mind through those doors, doors of perception, doors that you uh, will find uh, the best thing about you and where you need to be in this world. And I'm very excited today to have Dr. Joseph Lancaster with us. Joseph, thank you very much for coming on Finding Hermes. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's very nice. Pleasure is all mine. So for the audience uh, who might want to know, tell us about your journey into heresy, for lack of better words, or the esoterica. <laughs> journey to heresy. <laughs> well, uh, first of all, uh, <laughs> I was born in 1971. <laughs> uh, born and raised Los Angeles, California, and... Uh, I uh, joined the Air Force uh, when I was 19, when I decided to uh, become a psychologist, either that or a computer scientist. And as my brother, who's a computer scientist, uh, told me, you know, it's a whole different kind of logic being a psychologist versus a computer scientist, calculus and all. So I thought to myself, well, you know, based on my upbringing, I was uh, raised very religious, and I think that uh, Jesus Christ, the Buddha, probably relates a little bit more to being a psychologist. So <laughs> that's what helped me to make my decision during my time in service. And then after my time in service, I went to graduate school, and um, it was during my graduate school time in Los Angeles that I met with a dear friend of mine who turned me on to... Uh, Joseph Campbell, uh, the famous worldwide mythologist. And there is when I started to slowly break free for about three years, a lot of uh, uh, blood, sweat, and tears, so to speak, uh, breaking out of my mainstream mentality of Christianity. It was very difficult to do, but uh, worth the while. And um, uh, And that was around the time when I started hearing as well about Dr. Heller uh, through the grapevine, depending on who I was studying with or working with as an intern. And uh, in more recent times, I got married uh, to my Polish wife. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, she's a, we have an amazing marriage. And I, uh, with her, we are both together, uh, the owners of Divine Life Therapy, which is really uh, the home of my Gnostic pneumotherapy approach, uh, which is my big contribution to the field of psychology. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth later on. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, glad to. Thanks for sharing your story, as I say, of deprogramming. It's never easy. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Dr. Stefan Heller. Obviously, he's. Uh, I've interviewed him a few times for AM Byte. I've had the honor of being at a service that he officiated or was the bishop only once, but it was memorable. I'll never forget it. Fortunately, I'm not down in LA. I can't enjoy these things uh, more than that. And uh, yeah, his BC recordings are just amazing. I advise the audience to find those. You can find them some, a lot of them on YouTube. He's done incredible job in moving the Gnostic and other esoteric uh, 
ideas to the mainstream. His books are, of course, great. His book, uh, uh, yeah, the the Gnostic mm-hmm. Jung and the Seven Sermons of the Dead is such a powerful. Yes. It's yes. not just well written, but it's so emotional, so evocative, full of pathos. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to know more about Abraxas, it's a great book. Um, so how how did how has he influenced you? Was he the one that really got you into the whole Gnostic ethos? Yes. Uh, okay. So uh, can I tell you a, maybe a little story? Sure, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love stories. Yeah. As I say in this, probably from Joseph Campbell, people don't listen to facts in this world, but stories. That's another <laughs> thing. That's how our brains yeah. work. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. So. Uh, and I, and I will admit, I have my little memorable notes here to the side. Okay, so uh, it was so long ago. Okay, <laughs> so as I was kind of saying earlier, uh, as I was an intern, uh, this is back in the '90s, uh, late '90s, and uh, through the grapevine, fellow workers, I was working at a hospital and um, some other places. And they heard about my earlier writings where I was, uh, for example, my, my, my dissertation, where I was comparing fundamentalist Christians with non-fundamentalist Christians. And so um, once these people heard about my interest in non-fundamentalist Christians as well, uh, they had uh, mentioned to me some uh, wonderful, mysterious guy named Dr. Heller. <laughs> oh, Really? Yeah, you might want to go see that guy, talk to him. Oh, okay, great, you know. And so, uh, of course, back then in the 90s, you know, before technology was what it is today, you know, I'm relying on on the phone book. Let me find this guy, you know, and and 411. And we don't, we we never heard of that place, Ecclesia Gnostica or this guy. And, and, but I heard it was, uh, he was somewhere located on Hollywood Boulevard at that time. Right. And so I drove up and down Hollywood Boulevard, and I couldn't find him, right? I, I, now I realize that I did actually see the facade of his tiny little chapel at that time, uh, which had, I think, a little itty, bitty cross on the door, but I couldn't see that I was, I was driving by. <laughs> so I, I kept missing out on, you know, seeing him earlier. Anyway, um, so um, what happened was uh, – actually, what happened was – um, I was in a Borders bookstore in West LA. Uh, this is all while I was doing my dissertation. And I saw this a wonderful book called uh, Jung and the Lost Gospels that caught my eye across the room. Mm-hmm. And so I just ran to that book practically and I bought it and I started uh, referencing him in my dissertation. And I said, you know, I think this is that guy I keep hearing about. You know, I'm not sure, but I think this is the guy, right? But again, I, I can't find him. Uh, kind of like a, a good ancient Gnostic, very hidden and mysterious, right? Right, right. Okay, so he's uh, very appropriate. Anyway, so um, uh, and then one day I went to a Whole Foods bookstore. Uh, I don't know if you know about that. Actually, no, Whole Foods. Um, uh, health store, excuse me, um, uh, for healthy food. And you know, they have like a lot of free magazines on the outside, you know, especially in LA. LA is very much like that. And uh, I was just kind of looking through it with this, this guru, that guru on the back pages. <laughs> All of a sudden, I see this little tiny ad, Dr. Stephen Heller. You know what? That's that guy from that book I just bought and referenced in my dissertation, as well as whom everybody else has been talking about. And there actually was a address and a phone number for free oh, lectures every Friday night, eight o'clock. And, uh, and I, uh, what was the subject about? It was uh, Castaneda, I believe. Carlos Castaneda. Yeah, yeah. I believe that's what the subject was about. So anyway, so I went down there, uh, checked out the lecture. This was back in 2001. And I've been with him ever since. Wow. Okay. So, so I've been with Dr. Heller now for a total of 21 years. And uh, I've attended his church services, his lectures, uh, meeting with him personally, you name it. And um, 
He's, he's even blessed me to uh, 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 this last Christmas, for example, to even uh, send me a, a Christmas card calling me his son, you know, and uh, although I've often referenced him as my spiritual grandfather. So either way you look at it, it's all good um, uh, because we've been very committed to each other for a long time um, on the very subjects we're going to be talking about today. Uh, so that's kind of the little story right there. Um, and all of this came again out of the whole person magazine that I found from the, um, wholeness food store. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of synchronicities. Did you know about synchronicities back then where you're like, there is meaning driving me, there is purpose. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. I, I've, uh, uh, had to relearn that concept many times from Dr. Heller because it's, mm-hmm. it's a pretty mysterious concept. But yeah, th- there was a synchronicity there that's very meaningful. What a wonderful coincidence that um, uh, I finally found him and he found me. And uh, th- that's what makes me who I am today as a spiritual psychologist uh, that I am to where I can serve my uh, – patients and my initiates through Gnostic pneumotherapy in such a way where they can have that new awareness, that new beginning uh, by getting past this mundane consciousness into a more creative consciousness to find the Gnosis that informs them of who they really are versus the limitations of this ego that uh, blinds us and therefore uh, brings forth more shadow to influence our ego in a way that is very unhealthy uh, because of the ignorance, because of the, the uh, limitations of our daily consciousness. Sorry, I, I know I'm jumping a little ahead here, but no, uh, no, no. speech, these uh, no off the cuff speeches are the best. And uh, this <laughs> is what people need to hear because okay. uh, as you said, uh, Part of the Gnostic idea is that, yeah, it's ignorance, but just because you have, you know, the anamnesis that Philip K. Dick doesn't mean it's going to be there. Ignorance will wash you the next day. You'll forget the simple rules of self-knowledge, contemplation. So I tell people, yeah, we need these daily reminders. Sometimes we need that fridge magnet spirituality, cliche mantras, you know, Mm -hmm. anything because... Mm-hmm. Oh, you, the whole world is trying to make us forget who we are and we, we don't help our own cause. <laughs> That's correct. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the wonder why, again, why, why the Egyptians, for example, had their jewelry or their rings and things of that sort. It wasn't just for, you know, fun and show. It was, there were reminders. Mm-hmm. Do not forget raw, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, they just didn't want to post it on Instagram to look yeah. cool to them. Everything was important. Yeah. So you know, so you know uh, Scott Smith and his wife Sandra too. He's been a guest. Oh man. yes, 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 yes. Uh, awesome guy, wonderful Scott Smith. Very supportive, uh, w- w- a wonderful man who's also very close to Dr. Heller. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, past guest, and I always enjoy his take. So, mm-hmm. so awesome. So some people might be saying, sometimes they say, uh, well, okay, these guys are, t- you know, we have uh, this therapist, we're, the, we're talking about modern days, but these guys are bringing all these ancient dead heretics and who are fighting Orthodox Church and the Archons and the Demiurge and all that. But I think you, uh, what, what would you say to that, that uh, how does Gnosticism translate today? I think we, we hit, you hit it on the head, right? It's the famous uh, Oracle of Delphi that the Gnostics took it to heart and many religions don't. It's a simple idea of know thyself. Right. Um, so how does this translate today? Yeah. How does Gnosticism translate today in a way that helps people? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and know thyself. Uh, you just well, ignorance. Um. Well, you know, I, I uh, think about even movies like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, maybe Harry Potter for some people, which I know also Dr. Heller has lectured on. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those movies, 
those are one of the many ways that Gnosticism relates to today's need to awaken, to be more mindful, which is a, a popular buzz term. Um, for example, um, millions go to see Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. And, oh, yeah, it's cool, the effects and this, that, the other. But many people don't realize on a much deeper level, uh, beyond all those uh, bells and whistles and effects, it's really touching their soul, moving their soul in some way, uh, expanding their uh, mundane consciousness to be a more super consciousness in some way. Uh, for example, you, you mean that I could possibly be like Luke Skywalker and become a Yoda myself or an Obi-Wan Kenobi like he is in the latest movies? You know, so, so um yeah, uh, and I think in, in the latest movie, the the girl's name is Ray. She she is uh, something like of what Luke Skywalker used to be when he was just starting out uh, to learn the ways of the Force, right? Uh, and so, uh, yeah, the ways of the Force, the ways of the archetypes, huh? The unconscious archetypes, huh? <laughs> and how to how to work with those forces, uh, no matter how positive or negative, but to to uh, uh, if we know the ways of the force that is really within us uh, in this 2022 existence, um, no matter whether it's through the way of dreams or visions or aha experiences or mythologies, by whatever means we use, we can learn the ways of our unconscious forces where the archetypes live. Archetypes meaning those superior realities, mm-hmm. those universal truths so that we can um, come to terms with ourselves, You know, who, who am I? Answer that question, who am I? I'm asking people in my intake sessions that all the time, and most people don't know who they are, and that's why they're in therapy, right? <laughs> well, why am I suffering this way, right? You know? Um, um, however, fortunately, I have also other uh, clientele that become what I call my initiates, because they're interested in going beyond just standard psychotherapy. They, they want to walk the path, uh, their own path. And uh, even an agnostic had one time told me a long time ago, oh, okay, I'll, I'll try this out because everything else I'm doing is not working. So I'll <laughs> try out this path. But I tell you what, I'm going to find my own path on the path. Whoa, that was so cool. I love it when he said that because now I've been, I've, been, I've been saying that to everybody now. You know, exactly. I, I'm just in a uh, basic way or generic way giving you an example of what a psycho-spiritual path looks like step by step. But most importantly, I do want you, no matter what background you come from, to find your own unique path on the path. So that way you can derive your own meaning of what your dreams mean to you or your visions, Mm -hmm. right? So um, as long as the person comes from any kind of love tradition, or even if they're agnostic or even if they're atheists, you know, I mean, as long as they're willing and ready to do an inner deep path work like Carl Jung used to, to help his clients with, um, then it's all good. Um, that's how I want to help people. I want to help people to help themselves uh, go into the depths of their soul in order to make their own inner self discoveries from that mystery of their own being by participating in the mystery of their own being through those mysterious mirrors, which we call dreams, visions, Mm -hmm. mythologies. It's from that mystery that you discover those parts of yourself that you did not know before. So that way you can, um, integrate those different parts of yourself and no longer be shattered glass with the seven deadly sins, right? Right. Greed, lust, anger, pride, 
Well, if we put all those pieces back together again, you become a wholeness, a oneness, like the Gnostics and Carl Jung talked about, because with that oneness, that wholeness, uh, as Dr. Heller has taught me, what is the root of the word wholeness? Holy, health, holy health, wholeness. Okay, and like Jesus's beautiful halo, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Which is beautiful, not fragmented and ugly. And therefore, by having that wholeness, that balance, we have freedom from suffering and or causing suffering as much as possible. So, again, um, as also Dr. Heller has taught me, when we're imbalanced, that's when all the emotional problems come forth. Mm -hmm. So we need that balance, again, to be as free as possible from suffering and or causing it via the wholeness we have attained. So no wonder why Carl Jung said the, the patient, or in this case, the initiate, needs to be responsible to do your own inner work. If people are not responsible to do their own inner work through dreams, visions, aha experiences, mythology, ritual, you name it, then how are we going to make those self-discoveries to um, come to grips with ourselves or come into terms with ourselves? If, if we're of a low vibration, as quantum physics would say, then we have more of those qualities like the, the archons the, 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 or the mm -hmm. The, you know, uh, the, the pride, the anger, etc. But when we're of a higher vibration, like quantum physics talks about, then we have more of the traits like the angels, compassion, peace, truth, right? Balance. So in other words, there's a transformation that happens. We were once of a lower vibration where we were dishonest, and now we're about the truth which I talk about in my Gnostic Pneumotherapy book. We are no longer of the anger, but now we have transformed into the peace of who we really are on a much higher level of existence. Knowledge, gnosis, knowledge, divine knowledge. Mm -hmm. But it's not just a head knowledge. It's a knowledge that is uh, of, of, of sight and sound. It is a direct experience type of knowledge like the Gnostics and Carl Jung had so that we can make these self-discoveries that heal us to come closer to the divine. And therefore we become more like the divine because the divine is a mirror reflection of who we are. Uh, the divine is anthropomorphic in many ways, and we are theopomorphic. We are a mirror reflection of one another. Mm. Kind of like that, that, that Greek statue where you see the, the twins uh, holding each other's hand. One twin is mortal, one twin is immortal. Mm -hmm. But that is us. You see a, a reflection. And, and, and as the old saying goes, you can't beat God. So, okay. <laughs> So if you can't beat God, then why not um, be what religion is really about, which is not heady religion, not organized religion that's limited, but religre, uh, the act of becoming. We're becoming who we once were, who we really are. As the Gnostics say, uh, uh, where we came from, who we are, and where we're going. Mm. So by having that religious experience, which is what I've been talking about this whole time about, by having more religious experience, as Jung talks about, we are in the act of becoming that oneness once again. Even the Bible talks about how God knew before you were born. Okay, fine. So you were mm -hmm. at your best condition at that time. That's what the, the soul's journey is all about, is to go back to that original condition when you were at your best in mind, body, spirit, even beyond body, right? Um, you know, of the spirit. So that is our life's goal. No wonder why Carl Jung says that your life's goal is to be conscious. That's what I'm speaking about this whole time is the ways you can become conscious and overall become whom you once were even before you were born. Can't beat that. 
<laughs> no, no, that's really well said. Great summation. Uh, yeah, Carl Jung did say the Gnostics were history's first uh, depth psychologists. And I think yeah, the Gnostics really saw were one of the few, you could put the Neoplatonists too, the Hermetics, they saw that what we were was just the tip of the iceberg. And there was an ocean of all of different realities, like you said, archetypes. And like Joseph Campbell said, all the gods, the heavens, the devils are within us. They are energies coming up. And what the Gnostics said is, okay, we need to listen because if we listen to this ocean, or like Carl Jung would say, we listen to our soul, that's where individuation is. So would you say yes. your Gnostic pneumotherapy is about listening to everything that's happening within you? Right. Uh, or what is the path? Um, right. Well, actually, let, let me bounce off what you just said. So another, another lesson Dr. Heller has taught me to, to relate to what you just said is that um, – when you have an intuitive experience, okay, or what I call in my book a gnosis perception, okay, mm -hmm. when, you, when you have that gnosis perception, when you're in a dream or a vision uh, through active imagination, let's say, um, the it, it's not just intuition, okay. Many times the intuition can attach itself by the source's divine love and grace to help us. The intuition will attach itself to our emotions, to our thoughts, to our sensation even, during that actual experience. So you see, we're getting a, a full plethora of experience that is definitely possible, which is beautiful and awesome. That moves us even more uh, to be inspired to keep doing that kind of individuation work, uh, which I call in my book um, – uh, the um, gnosis integration process. So I have a few offshoot terms from uh, Carl Jung. Uh, again, he calls it individuation, same thing. That developmental process is a gnosis integration process to lead you to a final gnosis integration. Uh, same thing with his term uh, uh, transcendent function, as I've talked to Dr. Heller about where Dr. Heller agreed with me that I can split that term uh, apart to make it a little more simple and where uh, I call it the um, great transcendent function who uses the extended transcendent function. And we're obviously talking about a connecting principle here, right? Mm -hmm. So from the source, that extended transcendent uh, function is what I call an archetypal soul guide, okay? Um, it's a, uh, a guide, obviously, that can help the ego to connect during those dream or visionary experiences to connect to the different archetypal images, okay? But it is also true that a person may not have an archetypal soul guide. They might per se go it alone. And they're having these dreams or visions where they may not have per se a guide. Obviously, the source is the ultimate guide, nonetheless, where they on their own can talk to the different archetypes in order uh, to make those connections. And through the dialogue, they can also assimilate, as I talk about in my book, assimilate that wisdom, those divine energies, so that, like I was saying before, their dishonesty becomes the truth. Their anger becomes peace. So you see, slowly but surely, let me put it this way, slowly but surely, they are dialoguing and assimilating, integrating all of that gnosis, and then they're ready for more, and then they're ready for more, and then they're ready for more. And they become more and more individuated, as Jung would say, or as I call gnosis integration process. And as they become more developed in such a way, then it's all spontaneous in their daily life. In their daily life, 
it, it spontaneously comes to fruition more easily. In other words, think about a bulb. Let me put it more simply. You are like a bulb, but do you identify yourself with the bulb, the body, or with the light that's inside the bulb, right? So kind of like on a dimmer switch, as you, as you put up that knobby, the light gets brighter and brighter and fills the inside, right? So you see, this is, this is the God effect I'm talking about of the Gnosis, where we want to fill up our light bulb with all of that divine knowledge, um, healing energy, etc., etc. Therefore, we can't help it. Like the Buddha or the Christ, it radiates out of us into the world, right? Mm-hmm. And people become attracted to us because, wow, you got something that I don't got. You know, I'm just depressed and anxious and miserable. And please, uh, uh, like, like, like Luke Skywalker, Yoda, show me the way. Obi-Wan Kenobi, show me the way. Uh, Frodo to, to Gandalf, show me the way, right? You see, that, that's very, very important to help to heal this world one person at a time. But, but that one person at a time needs to do their inner work so that we can be a light in this dark world like the, the, like the Gnostics were and Carl Jung was. And therefore, we can inspire other people. We can become a transformational object for them, right? We know object is often talked about as a person in psychology, but we are transformational. We're like a mentor for those people who as well want to transform to help make this world a better place one person at a time by doing our own inner work via the path work that I have helped to set forth called Gnostic Therapy. Obviously, there's many path, paths out there to reach the source. Right. I'm not the only one, but I offer, I offer through my um, uh training experience I've gained through Dr. Heller, as well as my own practice, et cetera, et cetera. I um, have been writing this book since 2007, long time now, because like Dr. Heller said, this is not going to be an easy task. So I've been writing for a long time this book to set up a psycho-spiritual pathwork where people can step-by-step Kind of like being in the old Greek mysteries where you where the 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 person comes from the masses and walks into the temple, which is pitch black, and there's torches along the way, and the hierophant meets them and helps them as they're willing and ready along the way to gain more revelations along the way, more um, instruction, more uh, ethereal experiences. Um, and then at the end of it all, the mystery was re- revealed, right? And as part of that mystery, I'm using Carl Jung's Systema Mundetotius out of mm-hmm. his uh, red book, uh, that uh, mandala, Gnostic mandala-like uh, uh, picture yeah. that he drew. Um, I'm doing a different variation of it, legally and ethically, of course, <laughs> so, that, <laughs> so that people can have their own experience based on that basic mandala uh, uh, picture there um, to, to have their own version, their own experience uh, similar to what Jung had in order to know thyself and to thine own self be true via the many worlds, the many levels of understanding as they journey to the center of it. Okay, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Heller has blessed me to approve me to do this as well um, so that I can uh, publish this so that uh, therapists can use this uh, um, uh, mandala of the seven sermons to the dead. That's my other name of it. No. Dr. Heller helped me to to, uh, uh, cultivate as far as a name for it. Um, and that's going to be one of the final tools that I utilize with people to give them that wow experience. 
Yeah, that, that reminds me. I was on the phone uh, many years ago with Dr. Heller, and Dr. Heller, before he, he hung up, he said, you know, I want you to look at, like, the last page of the Red Book. And then we had finished our conversation. And right at that moment, I opened up, like, like one of the very last pages of the Red Book where that mandala is at, and wow! <laughs> way. Like I, I saw it like in uh, right. fourth dimension, like, like, like a dome, you know? So there, there's obviously much more to that um, mandala, that magical circle, than just a two-dimensional um, picture, you know? So, so you see, that's an example of where a person can – hang on to that and go further with that in order to have many aha experiences as they do their path work of self-discovery, not knowing who you're going to meet along the way, (laughs) but dialogue with them, assimilate them, and then you will eventually get to the center of that mandala and then exit out beyond it into the oneness stage of consciousness as I talk about my book, because in the oneness stage of consciousness where you have that full individuation, um, individuum, right? As I say in Italian Latin. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. (laughs) That's wonderful. Yeah, very excited about your book. So, you mentioned the mystery religion. Uh, we mentioned the Gnostics and even Jung, the Red Book, his descent into himself. His guide was Philemon, a.k.a. Simon Magus, a.k.a. a few other uh, manifestations. But one of the hardest things is to face not just who you are, but face your uh, trauma, your depression, your shadow. I mean, the mystery religions, you would go down into Hades and meet these demons, which were symbolical for your own pain. How do you do that, Joseph? Or is it just painful? (laughs) I don't want to see, I don't want to, you know, revisit this stuff. I don't want, we live in a society where we want to just suppress the pain, suppress the anxiety put it all in one side and put a happy <laughs> smile on, but that's not, no, you got to go down, right? Absolutely. Well, in, in my book, I do make many references to Dante, for example, going into the Inferno, uh-huh. uh, ca- kind of somewhat similar to Sophia when she fell out of heaven mm-hmm. and went down to the chaos, which we're all in here, right? right. Uh, <laughs> Well, tell you what, first I'm going to start off with more of a uh, classic answer related to the shadow side. Um, So, you know, doing shadow work is very important, as Carl Jung talked about, uh, because, um, well, first of all, what is the shadow? So the shadow is basically um, made up, you could say, of our childhood trauma, uh, uh, which has not been maybe resolved for some people, uh, the hurts, the disappointments, the neglect, uh, you name it. And that makes up a lot of our shadow side, right, in our personal uh, unconscious mind, but also the unlived energies. Because, you know, the, the divine wants us to be all that we can be, but when we're not being all that we can be, then those uh, energies uh, become like a weed in our soul dormant and that kind of works against us too Uh, we're not fully conscious aware and so this shadow side is kind of like the uh old story of dr jekyll mr hyde or banner turned into the hulk right um well i'm mr nice guy no you're not well i'm very giving no you're not you're greedy you know and so forth and so on right kind of like the seven deadly sins that um 
Dante was encountering when he went into the inferno, right? So when we're having a dream or a vision and we experience a, a dark-like figure that um, is very scary or painful in some way to us, then the most important thing is for our ego to be present, don't run away, dialogue with it, befriend it, right? And by doing that, we kind of disempower it over our soul. It no longer can get the best of us. We're, we're kind of taking back our original energy, if you will, so that we can uh, make that energy useful, helpful in our life. And that energy helps to lift up to our soul towards the light. Thank you, Jesus Christ, right? Or Buddha, or whoever you're into. And yes, that shadow side is still there, but it's of a lower vibration. It doesn't have such an easy access to our soul anymore, okay, to bring us down. Uh, so if we're of a lower vibration, once again, we're in trouble because, ah, we got you again, sucker. Greed, <laughs> lust, anger, pride, so forth and so on, right? So we need to be of a higher vibration by being responsible and doing this inner depth work so that we can be of a higher vibration. And uh, therefore, the shadow side within is not so potent anymore, okay? Uh, bringing all this suffering and pain to our lives or those of others. So that is a, a, an important part of the Gnostic pneumotherapy path work. And by doing that kind of uh, shadow work, then it makes it easier to have more clairvoyance, to have more clear vision where we can more easily get those um, greater archetypal dreams that come forth or greater archetypal uh, visions that come forth. Um, as a matter of fact, um, can I tell you of a uh, case example? Yeah, please do. Okay. One of my most successful initiates, which again is a patient, I just call them an initiate because they're doing the path work. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, in her new awareness, her new beginning, one of her many wonderful stories was that um, she had come to session and she said she had a, a dream, uh, a scary dream. Uh, but basically the way it went was uh, she was uh, at a pond. And the birds, the bees, everything was like spring, wonderful and pretty and nice. And she started to go down into that pond and, oh, having a wonderful time. And then as she was coming out, kind of like that scene of Lord of the Rings, you know, the, the fellowship where that, that big giant octopus comes out. No, no. That, that's pretty much what happened in her dream. And she's walking, she's walking out of the, the pond gleefully. And then all of a sudden this big giant octopus starts coming after her. And she's just like, ah, all right. Okay. And, and, and she gets to the shore, right. Barely makes it. So I said, Oh, okay. That's interesting. So I tell you what, uh, and this is of course before the coronavirus, right? So I was able to have her lay on the couch. So, so she lays on the couch and I says, I want you to go back to the scary part of that dream you had. So basically I was, I was helping her to resolve that dream. You could say through active imagination, visionary work, right? So she's, so she's laying on the couch and she's speaking to me through and through what's going on. Okay. Dr. Lancaster, I'm there. I'm there again at, at, at the, uh, uh, the pond. Uh, and it's, it's really ugly this time, you know, uh, like the way I left it and there's trash all around and it, it smells bad and it's dark. I can't see anything that's happening. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, okay. Okay. I, my, my feet are now in the water. Okay. Good. Very good. Keep going. Okay. Now I'm up to my knees. It's so nasty. I don't want to do this. It's, I, I, I'm scared and it's, it's awful. It smells bad. I can't see anything that's going on. So all of a sudden she gets up to like her, her chest level in the water. Dr. Lancaster, what's happening? I can't believe it. The water's moving, but it's getting more clear. 
and it doesn't smell so bad anymore. And then before you know it, she was, her head was underwater. Hmm. I don't like Astro. Oh my gosh. There's a beautiful light and I hear uh, some beautiful music and someone calling my name. Lancaster, it's God, and God is calling my name and is touching me with his beautiful light and wants me to come his way. I'm coming. <laughs> wow, she jumped out of the, the, the couch and was so happy and gleeful. And, and, and ever since then, she had no depression, you know, and she's just so happy and, and enlightened. And, and her, her individuation since then has been immaculate. She's had so many visions and dreams of, of a higher caliber, the, the, the greater archetypes, like angels and archangels, you name it. And, and she's very uh, uh, much healed. No wonder I, I hardly ever see her anymore. You know, um, <laughs> you know, you know once, in a, once in a blue moon, I'll, I'll hear from, uh, she'll come to session and give me reports of how she's, you know, still on her um, uh, successful uh, path work. Because, uh, you know, the path work never really ends, right? Um, but, but just a, a very much a success case. Um, and uh, I'm very, very happy for her that she's been so uh, uh, willing to share these wonderful success stories with me, which, which is uh, in, in my book. So uh, that's kind of how it works. Uh, now, there is one other part. I don't, I don't want to forget this because I said much earlier that I was going to give you another answer to uh, mm -hmm. uh, shadow work. Uh, well, another possibility, if need be, is um, EMDR work or, or hypnosis, mm -hmm. which I also do. So, so if, if, a, if a therapist in the future who's following this um, uh, mode of therapy – uh, psycho-spiritual therapy through Gnostic pneumotherapy wants to do this, they can do hypnosis where if the person's mind is going in this direction, giving them lots of, uh, um, let's say, seven deadly sins in their life or illusions of ignorance, as I call it, <laughs> then obviously the hypnosis may help them to have their uh, – Patterns go in that direction instead to get better results, right? Mm -hmm. And clear up the pathway to make it more easier for them to have better dreams or visions, you name it. Okay? Uh, also, there's EMDR work, uh, you know, that the, the eye uh, bilateral stimulation. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of EMDR before? Yeah, yeah, but please, yes, explain to those who might not know, please. Right, to deal with trauma, as you were saying earlier. Um, where they can go back to their early target memory, uh, maybe some kind of trauma they experienced as a child, let's say, which brought forth a bad core belief to themselves. And by working through that uh, traumatic uh, memory, um, emotionally, of course, so there's a lot of ab reaction that's happening uh, throughout the process while there's bilateral stimulation happening. It, it, it's where the... Um, uh, the brain, as they would say, or maybe Dr. Heller would say the mind, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, helps to let go some of that unnecessary old stuff right. and new information comes forth that they might have forgotten about. Oh, yeah, but I forgot that my uncle was there for me during that time or, or God spoke to me during that time. You see, so they, right. they start to integrate those positive memories um, and they start to no longer feel like uh, I can't, but rather I can, you know, as, as their core belief as a person, you know, and so EMDR um, does tap on some of those lower chakras as well as some of the higher ones. So does hypnosis. And then mm -hmm. of course, especially active imagination as Carl Jung talked about. You know, that's really up there with the chakras. So, so they're, they're all like brother, sister, at least, at least I feel, that EMDR, hypnosis, and active imagination, like dreams, they're all hitting on the chakras to help us to cleanse them and get to the crown chakra, if you will.
uh, or back to the, or to going beyond that, back to the source. No, it makes, yeah, makes sense. What a great suite of uh, tools. And so for each person that you have a uh, consultation, in fact, this would be a good time to uh, show the audience your website so they could know divinelifetherapy.com. Of course, we'll have this in the show notes. And everybody, you give a free assessment and everybody has a different path depending on their needs. If a person wants a free 15-minute uh, uh, consultation by me, they can definitely uh, do that. Yeah, and also there's a, a, an assessment there. If they want to see, yeah, am I really depressed? Am I really anxious? And, uh, again, let me um, reiterate that uh, Divine Life Therapy is just the beginning doorway mm-hmm. to my actual contribution to the field of psychology and that is Gnostic pneumotherapy and analysis. Mm-hmm. So that, that's where my big heartfelt writing is, is Gnostic pneumotherapy and analysis. Um, divine life therapy is, is just a, a, a doorway. Because right. I have some people, yeah, because I have some people come to me and they may not want to do the elongated, in-depth path work like like the ancient Greek mysteries, <laughs> you know, they might want to just come and on a more light level, psycho spiritually talk about their depression or their, their marital life or no, no. Their family life. But other people may want to go even beyond that and say, no, I, I want this lifetime experience of doing the actual path work because since uh, when does God have any limitations, right? God has no limitations. The, the divine goes on forever. So even if this therapeutic relationship ends one day, the path still goes on, right? And your book, uh, is your book out or when is your book coming out, Joseph? Well, let's talk to <laughs> the, the, the divine about that one, yeah. <laughs> well, I do have a publisher now. Um, uh, I have had uh, the the seven out of the eight chapters uh, reviewed and uh, given me some feedback that I'm working on right now. And I'm finishing up my eighth chapter, which is the final chapter. So, you know, um, I, I give some uh, updates once in a while on my website for people to, to find out when the book is going to come out, mm-hmm. um, which I encourage you folks uh, to uh, – pick up a copy when it does come out. Um, just remember the book was primarily written for professionals mm. to utilize this psycho spiritual approach, which is just like the mindfulness people. But the only difference is this is from a Western perspective, right? All right. So to, to utilize this method in their um, uh, private practice of psychotherapy for those who want to take a psycho-spiritual approach. Um, but, of course, anybody can pick up a copy. Uh, I, I've had uh, patients in the past, uh, out of the blue, hey, guess what? I ordered your uh, first book, your second book. Nausea Therapy is my third book, just so you know. And um, so people could do whatever they feel is best, uh, even if it's a, a – uh, a patient or an initiate, if they want to pick up a, a copy. But even if they didn't pick up a copy, the therapist is going to use different excerpts from the book mm-hmm. in order to get them step by step through the therapeutic mysteries and then into the spiritual mysteries. The therapeutic mysteries is more paper pencil work where they're learning about the mythology of Sophia and what is your version of the mythology of Sophia. And then they graduate from that into the spiritual mysteries where it becomes more ethereal in nature, where, where we start to look more about how the visions come about. For example, let's say, um, let's say that um, you're having a, a, a vision and I am your Abraxas or, you know, or I am your um, Philemon, you know, and, and we kind of do a little role play, let's say, of acting out how to do dialogue and assimilation. 
as we look at other people's examples of that, like uh, Dr. Robert Johnson, who's a famous Jungian analyst. We may, we may use some of his examples. Um, so that way, down the road, when the initiate goes through what I call the foursome process, foursome process meaning um, you do the method, and there's many methods you can use to get an active imagination experience going. And then after that, you have the divine experience. And then you have the documentation, the recording of that. And then fourth is analysis. Now let's analyze through your documentation the experience you just had, right? And so you see that whole foursome process helps to uh, enlighten the person through the gnosis they received. But then they got to go back around again and again and again and again, kind of like Dante in his circle yeah. of life, uh, in Inferno, Purgatorio, Paradiso, over and over again as the person becomes more individuated, more complete, more whole, more of a gnosis integration process to have that gnosis integration in the end, which is the same thing as the oneness being one with the source, being one with your truest self. And when you have that, then like we said earlier, that's when the, when the bulb is totally enlightened and it brings off many positive vibes, rays of light into the world. This is the way to help make the world a better place one person at a time by following your bliss, mm-hmm. as Joseph Campbell says, to have this enlightenment and therefore be a, a good uh, uh, light source in the world that people will become magnetized to, to want to do the same for some process via Gnostic pneumotherapy, hopefully, or other, or other pathwork as well that's out there like Buddhism, uh, you name it, so that they as well can mindfully become whom we were all meant to be in this world an alien of this world, to be more of a weirdo, a stranger, like <laughs> Jesus Christ or, or the Buddha. But you, but you see, they were, they were crazy in the right way, though, okay? Because to be crazy in the wrong way is hurtful. But to be crazy in the right way or mad is not really a madness, but as Plato called, a divine madness. And that's what I'm all about, is helping people to help themselves to attain that divine madness. Uh, Because that kind of madness is worth writing books about. It's healing. It's it's, uh, beyond the limitations of how's the weather? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Okay? Beautifully said. Yes, I, I love it. Yeah, it reminds me, for some reason, two quotes by Jung when he said, we didn't come to this world to be good, we came to be whole. Like he said, we came to be ourselves. And what else did he say? Show me a sane man and I will cure him. So <laughs> divine madness, that ecstasy that the gods have or want from us. To yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, love your message and agree with you on the active imagination and everything else. I'm so excited about everything you're doing. For the audience to get to find out more about you, just go to your website, divinelifetherapy.com, or there are other ways to uh, get a hold of you. Yes, and I, I still have my old Gnostic pneumotherapy website out there as well. But the divinelifetherapy.com is the main one that also leads you into the Gnostic pneumotherapy uh, tab. And um, our uh, can I give a phone number? Yeah, of course, of course. And I will put this on the show notes too as well for those who want to read. And... So our, our uh, front office number is 818-877-4647. And um, we would uh, love to hear from you, whomever you are. We welcome everybody. (laughs) 
Wonderful. Yes. Get into that path work one way or another. Well, Joseph, this has been a wonderful conversation. Definitely look forward to talking to you when your book comes out and uh, keep the dialogue going with Philemon, our higher selves, our lower selves. Everybody needs a dialogue, even our shadow that needs to be. Yes. So I love yes. what you're doing. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate that. Uh, so you, you, might, you might actually invite me back? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you and all your other complexes and shadow and higher okay. they're all welcome here. We'll fit <laughs> you in, of course. So. So, okay, blessings to you. Thank you so much, you and everybody else, and uh, peace to everybody. And there you have it, a fascinating interview with Dr. Lancaster. Very Jungian and very Heller. And yes, I, I am going to get a haircut soon, but God, there's so much to do. So, so much time thinking of a haircut is like, well, I think I understand Ted Kaczynski or Albert Einstein, how they let their hair go and others too, because again, uh, this gnosis is just too fascinating, but I got to get it done. Anyway, beyond my hair, it's great to see the Jungian path. It's great to understand that we all should go inward or outward to alternate states of consciousness. I mean, Jung basically riffed off the Gnostics, and the Gnostics basically riffed off those ancient shamans who decided that so many answers are found outside of our normative thinking. Uh, call it the spirit world, call it the collective unconscious, call it whatever you want. The answers are there, and it's a great place to explore for so many insights and so much healing. Philip K. Dick did say that since the universe is made of information, then it can be said that information will save us. Mystics and even New Agers always talk about everything is consciousness and everything is one. Well, if that's the case, then the universe, reality itself, everything is communicating with us. And the key, according to the Gnostics and, of course, Jung, is to always be listening. Some of the best news I ever had was that uh, there was nothing wrong with me. My alcoholism, my drug addiction, my um, severe manic depression were based on the idea that I wasn't listening to my soul or to the gods or to the collective unconscious. Again, call it whatever you want. And uh, that I needed to listen better. I mean, let's face it, the soul, your shadow, your childhood selves, your complexes, your ancestors, they're always talking to us. They want a seat at the table of the ego because they have information for us. And at the end of the day, they want to be integrated. So when I realized that depression, anxiety, uh, mood swings, uh, wanting to get high was basically me not wanting to listen or me not listening to these voices, to that energy, to that communication, well, everything got better, especially when I started finding the techniques to listen. I started doing meditation, therapy, active imagination exercises, uh, dream journaling, all that to listen to what was coming up that wanted to integrate with me and truly offered insights and avenues into what my purpose was. And at the end of the day, led me slowly to my authentic self. I still have a lot of work to do, but things got better. Don't get me wrong, as uh, John Lennon said, Whatever gets you through the night, you got to do what you got to do to feel better, to get a little breathing room. But I would advise pivot towards this idea of listening, listening to your ancestors, listening, listening to that uh, wounded child, listening to the shadows that are telling you you don't want to be something, but you have to face it. You got to go into the underworld for those demons. And then, as I keep saying, everything gets much better. And that's really the secret of Gnosis. That's the secret of mysticism. That's the secret of this universe that is all information. 
We just got to learn to listen. And that in itself really is a mystical experience. It's astral travel. It is going through those waves of information that go beyond this world into other dimensions. So I hope uh, with this interview and what I said, you have this information and uh, hopefully you can walk through those doors with the God of the mind. I hope you also ready or closer to lay your cards on the table. And as both Joseph Campbell and Mary Magdalene said, to become transparent to the transcendent. Because there is a lot of blockage with, with each one of us. And when that blockage is gone, we really do become transparent to everything that is out there and everything that is urging us for a higher purpose and to find our authentic self. Thank you. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.